Flavour Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavour Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Rass and Randy Griggs. And the Odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. There's our co-host. Oh, you can see my thumb over there. Co-host Randy Griggs coming to you live from Lot B and Lot B- minus out here in, uh, not very chilly, but I'm dressed like it, California. Randy you're wearing a green shirt today, and uh, life is pretty good. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. I will echo that sentiment. Life is pretty good. Uh, doing extremely well. Super excited. Uh, thankful that uh, everybody let me, played along and let me um, uh, come up with a way to turn our wild card into yet a fifth Connecticut Broadleaf Oh, episode. darn. We have to keep smoking <laughs> Broadleaf. That sucks. Yeah. How did you talk uh, us into this, you magician? <laughs> I feel like I had to twist some arms, but not really. As uh, as Randy alluded to, we are this is a wild card episode, so it's going to be a lot of fun. All of our episodes are kind of fun. At least I like to think they are. Phenomenal. I mean, you tuned in. You tell me. Are episodes fun? I have Curious. fun. Asking for a friend. Um, speaking of friends, go ahead and hit that share button. Yes. <laughs> that was good. Nice. Hit that share button uh, and, uh, and put the... Uh, and share the show in your feed. Your friends will hate you for it, but uh, Randy said he would buy you gifts and treats if you did it. So um, that's not true. But uh, we do have some some gifts, actually. We can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. You know, if, uh, call that a tease, Randy. I did a nice transition and a tease all in one. Man, it's almost like I've done this before. Um, on that note, now, now I'm floundering. So I'm going to no. throw it back <laughs> to the boys. Uh, straight Jordan. to dead air. <laughs> Jordan and uh, Eric Gutterson in, uh, or you guys are in what, Connecticut, right? Nice to see you guys. Yeah. Boys. Connecticut. That's, that's where we are. How's it going, fellas? Look at this little guy. We got, uh, we, got a tiny little little, we got a tiny little cigar to smoke tonight, and I do have a backup just in case. Oh, I don't. I get through this <laughs> relatively no! quickly. But, uh, I thought about bringing a backup, actually, because yeah. this is, this is a quite pequeño the little five by 54 perfecto i think the smoke time on this has got to be about maybe an hour if you push it i don't I'll know give it, my first I give it one. 40 i give it 40 minutes yeah i yeah. can't imagine this going more than 40 minutes or so but the goliath i'm excited to try it is kind of small too actually it's sort of interesting right like it's uh has its own band and marketing but yet it's really the the same as you know, changing a little the tabernacle, but what the heck? Portions. Right? To I, I'm digging it. Randy, thank you for size. sending these out to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Hi, Randy. Ha- <laughs> no, happy to do it. As you guys said, you know, it is a conversation that, uh, that happens so much in cigars, I feel like, is the uh, conversation of what flavor differences you get from different Vitolas. Um, and so... Uh, as we all very much enjoyed the first episode of Broadleaf for uh, Flavor Odyssey this season, um, that was the Toro that we smoked. I don't remember. Did you guys smoke the Toros in Denver as well? 
I, no, they smoke like some special. Oh uh, yeah, we had stuff. the we had the one oh, from the special right. humidor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. Because we're right. special. <clears throat> Always showing off. But that, but that's also one of the things that, like, uh, you know, I think about uh, a, a lot. I don't always have like a full two hours to sit down and enjoy a Toro as much as I enjoy it. I love the idea of getting a, a jam-packed little forty-minute uh, uh, flavor bomb in in, in 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 when I can. So uh, wanted to check this one out. Obviously, these were just released, as Jordan pointed out. These are marketed as kind of almost a separate deal. It is the same blend as the standard tabernacle, uh, but the David and the and Goliath um, are the two Perfecto releases that just came out, uh, I believe, last month officially, maybe in September officially. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, this one's 5 by 54 with the Goliath being 5 by 58 to Soda Jordan's uh, point. It's the exact same length. It's just uh, 464ths of an inch uh fatter it looks more like yeah it looks more to me like uh the reason i i went with the david instead of the goliath was actually the shape more than the final size because that had that same flying pig vitola kind of feel to it where this one had more the like elongated um perfecto has more of a taper to it just looking at the uh, at the images here uh, I really like the packaging and the band and everything. The cigar just looks super, super cool. The mm -hmm. shelf appeal uh, to me, even if it wasn't in these, uh, I mean, the Vitolas are really cool too. So I, I'm a sucker for, for uh, you know, perfectos and just yeah, cool sizes and different things. Um, but just the, the the packaging, the band on it is really, really cool. Very well done. Um, I mean, uh, Nick always brings it with this stuff, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is a cigar, even if I had no idea what it was, I'd buy it uh, and be pleasantly surprised and go back to try to buy more because I'd only buy one if I didn't know what it was. And then I'd smoke it and say, wow, this is really good and go back to get more and they'd be gone. Um, you, Randy, you did reference that the, the blend is the same. It's a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper, which is convenient because, you know, we were talking about Connecticut Broadleaf for four episodes in a row and we wanted to do just one more. Uh, San Andreas binder, which is also convenient because that's the next wrapper we're going into. And then, uh, spoilers, I guess. I don't know if we've, I'm sure we've announced that already. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, fillers from Honduras um, and a Jalapa and Esteli in Nicaragua. Look at you filling in for me. Well done. I, just, I appreciate you know, that. Some, occasionally, I, I step up my game and I'm taking the rest of the show off. You're up. <laughs> I noticed you, you also have a fresh 12-pack of Topo Chico back there over your, your shoulder. I, I have what? not. Uh, I need to clean the garage. It's a mess. What? What are these days? So, someone's got to reach out to these guys and, and see about a sponsorship. Um, <laughs> That'd be so, you. Uh, oh, is that on me? Okay, fair enough. So, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the pairing, since apparently uh, Rob wasn't joking. He is taking the rest of the show off. <laughs> um, uh, to, so tonight we will be pairing. The uh, Foundation Tabernacle, David, with a bourbon. Um, why don't we, I'd like to go last if I could. Why don't we start in Colorado and then come back to us. Uh, Eric and Jordan, what are you guys pairing with your tabernacles? Tonight? I'll go first and let Jordan go second. I've got two, I've got two choices. I'm going to, and I have two glasses. So I'm going to, I'm going to compare them both as we, as we go oh. along with this pairing. So my first one is the Old Forester 1910. Mm. which is the uh, 93 proof version of this. 
This is for the longest time. This was the most rare of the of this in the line, but now it seems like you can find it anywhere. I tend to like the 1920 a little bit better, but uh, at the liquor store had this tonight, so I thought, well, what the heck? I'll grab the 1910, and then I will go with the very polarizing Blantons. Um, Blantons. Blantons. If you are following any groups on Facebook. <laughs> There's a whole group of people that hate Blantons. They just hate it. It's literally no. the, it's the weirdest thing in the world. I don't even get it. It's um, but it's definitely different. Blantons is good. There's nothing wrong with it. It's kind of rare. Um, so those are the pairings that I'm going to be uh, going with on this, David. Jordan, what about you? I'm going to do that 1910 after I finish this bullet 10 from Quinn nice. in the audience. And then my other glass is the old Rip Van Winkle... Ten year, aka oh, Pappy ten year. It's just, it was just laying. I, mean, I gotta polish this guy off. You know, it's been too long. Let's just put him out of his misery. It's just, it's just laying around. Ah, so, uh, just laying in there. Yeah. The dragon. Someone so must have sent it to him for free. It, yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I slept in line to, for uh, that bottle. <laughs> Jordan, can you do me a favor and put your your dad on full screen, please? Oh no. I want, I want to ask the audience. So when, when I see uh, Eric's outfit tonight, I think of dad on vacation. <laughs> Your dad, dad on vacation at the beach, you've got, like, I think you've got some shorts on mm-hmm. and flip-flops with short socks. Right. That's, uh, that's what I'm thinking. Right. Like, I want to know what the audience thinks. I mean, like, you, you kind of have the, the dad on vacation look going. I'm getting I'm getting prepared for that. I don't know about vacation. I think just dad I'm, giving up. I'm getting prepared for that. <laughs> I plan next week on, you know, being at the beach yelling at my kids, you know, get there's sand in the cooler for crying out loud. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Are you gonna wear you a know, full sweatshirt to at the as, beach? As, yeah. As the yelling dad on the beach. Of no, course. I'm just kidding. I, I think you look you look super comfortable. Well, Robbie, you're like one step behind what he's got going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I went to Company Man tonight with the Dojo hoodie that, uh, courtesy of Randy Griggs, uh, the most generous man on the screen. And uh, well, now he's now he's not on the screen anymore. But oh, sorry. It, yeah, don't show me full screen. My garage is a mess. Um, I blame <laughs> blame my wife. Um, and okay, so and to go back, speaking of my wife, when you go back to the the topic about people who just randomly hate Blantons, my wife is in the group of people that randomly hates Tom Hanks. Huh. How can weird? you hate Tom Hanks? What what, yeah. what doesn't she like about him? She just hates the same actor in everything. That, that is totally true. He's always a captain <laughs> of something. That may or may not be he's true. A pilot, he's a no pilot. He's Wal- a captain. Wahlberg is literally. He, yeah, he's got a little bit of uh, Nick Cage in him. He's just always Nick Cage, right? Right. Yeah, no, but no Hanks like, is way more versatile than that. Yeah. Come on, Forrest Gump. Anyway, he, yeah, yeah, he Gump. he did play Forrest yeah. Gump. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a. You don't ever go full. That's a, that's a career. You know what? That's a that's a career. That's a career movie. Um. Anyway, that was. I just wanted to bring that up because what was the best the best Tom Hanks movie? Castaway. No. No. But it's fun. You know, I, I like, Castaway's pretty good. I, I Castaway's up this. there. Probably Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Wow, Forrest Gump. Castaway. The best movie or the best performance? Ooh. The best movie that Tom Hanks was in. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's either well, it was Private Ryan or... And Gump. I'd say, I'd or, say or, or, or Forrest Gump. 
<laughs> really? I go cast. I go Castaway, man. Castaway's great. That's a great. Yeah, Castaway's solid. Yeah. I this came up when uh, my wife and I were watching Dirty Dancing. It was her movie choice after uh, the month long horror fest at the house. Look at the color difference and, here. Sorry. What are we? T- what are we looking at? Pappies. Uh huh. Bullet. It's dark. This is like this is like water over here. Yeah. Wow. This is straight up syrup. I love right, interrupting dirt, Robbie. Sorry. I was just saying, all right, Dirty Dancing. Keep so, so we're watching Dirty Dancing, and ah. I started to think, what is your, what's my favorite Swayze? Mm. You got to love Patrick Swayze. And what is your, what's your favorite, what's the best Swayze? Oh, Roadhouse. 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 Are you kidding me? Oh, it's Roadhouse. the best it's... bad movie of all time. Yeah. Like, you can, uh, you can I, laugh, I you can laugh for best, two straight not hours. Best movie. But his best performance. Yeah, I, that's tough. I would I would say there was only one movie that he was ever in that was worth a dang at all. Uh, the lot, and it was uh, epic. Roadhouse. What? what about the Outsiders? Outsiders was my second one. Oh, I forgot he was. Inside. That was two on the list for me. No, it's Point Blank, or Point Break. I mean, Point, point Break. break is my <laughs> you can't even remember the name <laughs> of the movie, Randy. <laughs> for crying out loud. It's point Break was. But I, I like to play that game with certain actors or actresses when you see them in a movie. It's like, oh, what's your favorite version of this particular actor? What about Ghost? Yeah, that's probably his best that was performance. Good that was Remember when he was sitting behind Whoopi Goldberg and he's yeah. and, they're, and they're making the and they're making. I was the, literally gonna oh. say I like that movie except for that one really uncomfortable and awkward scene. <laughs> no, it, it was where it was Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore. I know. Sitting behind. I just him. thought it would be funny to think of it as Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, it does, she was. Yeah, it was Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore. It just kind of yeah. it does ruin the moment a little bit. Uh, anyway, we, we've gotten so far off track, and it's entirely my fault. I will take. Well, credit for it. Well, before uh, we, you totally move back onto track, can I just share, since you brought up Tom Hanks and his best uh, you know, performances, he actually did a semester at the same junior college that I went to in Hayward, California. And so... The audience I don't is know. fully on Roadhouse. It's unanimous. Well, of course. That's, uh, that just shows the age of our audience. <laughs> Roadhouse is solid. It's, it's up there. It's a fantastic... Only because it's so it, incredibly it bad. I mean, oh, it's terrible. It's I don't, well, I don't think he's in a, any actually good movies. He's, well, I don't think he's ever been in a good movie. It's an excellent movie. <laughs> no, that's in Point the same break. category of like terrible good. Like it's good because it's terrible. Oh, good. Very, very All right. Good. All right. You um, want to get us back on track? Yeah, here? we'll get back on track. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Tabernacle David, and we are going with whiskey. I decided – so I was talking about in the um, – in the live, Randy, which you never do, that um, I was going to do, I was going <laughs> to drink the uh, the uh, Midwinter Nights Dram from mm. High West, which is very, very nice uh, whiskey, but it is rye. So I, alas, some boss could not drink it. Whiskey. Um, very, very good. Uh, thanks to uh, Steve Dex for pointing out where I could get a bottle of that. Uh, so I'm going with just straight classic Elijah Craig. Small batch. It's about a twenty-five dollar bottle. Underrated, I think, for twenty-five bucks. You can't go wrong there. And I'm going to follow it up with Upgraded. Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, which is this is an aggressive sixty-five point five percent, checking in at one thirty-one proof. That is a big, big daddy of a whiskey, uh, and that's that's on my on my deck, Randy. What do you have? Uh, going Phenomenal. Tonight? So I am going with something that's um, 
not new to me, but I haven't done enough drinking of these. Uh, I've only learned about these because of you guys. Um, but I went with the Weller. Yeah, boy. Uh, and uh, I, I was I was curious about this because I, I've run into a situation before where uh, people didn't know what a weeded whiskey was. Like I asked for uh, a cocktail one time and a bartender who was wearing, by the way, like a two hundred dollar craft apron, like to show he was a real spirit blend, like, like mixologist. And I asked him to define what a weeded whiskey was because that's what he had offered me. And he looked at me like I had just like caught him naked in in, in, in like I, I don't know <laughs> he had no idea what a tool. I was like, yeah, I hate that cool. guy. You got, you got this like cool leather apron on with, with with like he literally has the like little um the piece that goes over the shaker um like hanging in a holster. <laughs> on his no, and the guy doesn't, doesn't sound sanitary <laughs> at all. <laughs> And he doesn't even know what a weeded whiskey, which he had recommended, was. Uh, so I had to look it up. So I thought it was interesting. Um, I wasn't actually aware that um, that that is one of the big things um, about Pappy Van Winkle and that uh, Pappy's kind of popularized weeded uh, bourbons in general. And that that's been kind of a, a little sub-niche trend within the bourbon um uh, community and industry is is weeded bourbons, and so I thought it'd be fun to to grab one of those and do a little bit of reading. Uh, I'm gonna be counting on my buddy Jordan because I know Jordan uh, has ex- extensively studied uh, this kind yeah, kind of thing. That. So so he's actually uh, more well versed on it than I am. So we're gonna get Jordan involved in the conversation a little bit as we talk a little bit about the Weller. Um, which we can do right after I mentioned that Smoke In is uh, a fantastic partner and sponsor of the show and provides uh, nearly every single cigar that we smoke here on Flavor Odyssey Season 2. And we can't thank them enough for their support. We are excited to have Smoke In as part of the family. <laughs> Additionally, though, we are brought to you. Are you here with us, Randy? <laughs> I think Randy just, Randy just nodded off. <laughs> nodded off Something right interesting there. going on in the side there. Sorry, I've, I've got my screen set up to what, where one's <laughs> kind of blocking the other right now. I apologize for that. You've uh, got the stock market up on one screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but no, I, I love having Smoke In as part of the family. We are actually brought to us, brought to you each and every week by our main sponsor, Drew Estate. We are thrilled to be partnered with Drew Estate because Drew Estate is a fantastic manufacturer of premium cigars. They have cigars for every kind of cigar smoker, whether it's something sweet for the heat, like Deadwood Sweet Jane, something refined and Cubanesque, like Herrera Esteli, or something to celebrate those special occasions in life, like the holidays that are coming up, for instance, with a League of Pravada. Drew Estate has you covered. You can find Drew Estate cigars anywhere that cigars are sold, and you can head to DrewEstate.com forward slash store locator to find a shop nearest you and experience the rebirth of cigars. Um, Was that a new read? No, I, I only have the two, but Somehow I... Somehow, every time you're able to put a new spin on it... With energy. And it sounds new to me. Oh, it's, thank, it's, thank you. Randy is the anti-Tom Hanks. He's different. <laughs> every time he reads it, it's a different read. He fell asleep in the middle of this one. It was great. I do, I do ad-lib a little here and there and throw in a Hey and Rob and guys. A holiday you know, reference. Yeah, yeah, I threw the holiday reference. That was just off the cuff. You know, it's what I do. It's what I bring to the show. Take note, um, Dad. Come on. 
<laughs> he just reads it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, um, so in order to uh, to define a weeded bourbon, first we, I think it's important to just state real quick what a bourbon is specifically. As we know, whiskey is a is a family of beverages uh, with uh, Irish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, um, bourbon, and rye as just some of the families or some of the the members of that whiskey family. Uh, so bourbon, by definition, is going to be a minimum of fifty one percent corn in the mash bill. It's got to, it also has some uh, specifics about the uh, strength that it goes into new American oak. Um, and from there, uh, you know, each manufacturer kind of, kind of imparts their, their own flavor. Pappies, um, I just found out today, one of the things that, that uh, you know, really makes Pappies significantly different is um, a lot of it is their aging practices. As this weller that I have here in front of me is actually the exact same mash bill. Uh, and distillery as Pappy's. So um, I know that I had, I had heard that early on about Weller is, is it's like uh, uh, an option if you can't get your hands on a bottle of Pappy's as it is um, more and more scarce uh, as people get excited about that. But all a weeded whiskey uh, is or a weeded bourbon, so 51 minimum percent of the mash bill is corn, the – uh, the other grains that are used in that mash bill to create complexity of flavor are typically rye and barley. And so with a weeded bourbon, it, uh, it just means it's not even a specific percentage. It just means that the second largest proportion of grain added to the mash bill after corn is wheat. Uh, and the theory behind using wheat rather than uh, barley or a, um, or a rye well, we talk about rye as being spicier and adding a, 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 that, that spicy character to it. The wheat actually is smoother and is a little bit softer on the palate. It, it softens that bite that, that you'll feel. And what a lot of people believe is that because you aren't um, experiencing that bite, it allows some of the, the more nuanced, softer flavors of the spirit to be perceived. And so while it may not actually be more complex, it may allow you to taste the complexities uh, more evenly as you uh, drink through a weeded bourbon. Jordan, how'd I do? You pretty much killed it. Look at look at Randy go. I mean, uh, you you hit on every component. I would, um, one other thing that people talk about a lot is that uh, supposedly, and I, I kind of agree with this, that the weeders take to higher amounts of age better. So. You know, if you're in the eight-year realm, you the rise might actually be better, but it's when you get into like the 15 to 20 and up that the weeders are going to take off, uh, whereas the rise are going to become often too over-oaked, a little too much. You know, you get these like 25-year rye, it's just going to taste just way too heavy of oak. Um, yeah, I mean, we're I'm drinking the the Pappy 10, and you got the Weller. It's the same uh, mash bill. Buffalo Trace has two rye mash bills. <laughs> One wheat mash bill and one, oh, excuse me, yeah, two rye-based bourbon mash bills. One actual rye and one wheat. So there's the same mash bill. Um, but a lot of times guys will say that Weller is actually better than Pappy's. Don't listen to these guys. I know it's the same recipe, but there's such a difference, I think, in taking just going into the warehouse and dumping all of your weeders into a, into a tank and pouring that into bottles versus having somebody go in and say, yeah, this barrel's good. It's not green. This barrel's good. 
and only selecting the good ones from that same, it's the same recipe, but I think there's a big difference in that. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, there's uh, some way to validate what you're saying because um, because they do blend them in different ratios. So clearly, they find that some barrels, while the same juice, as you like to say, Jordan, goes into yes. all these barrels as as they age in different areas of the warehouse and different climate, uh, you, you know. Uh, kind of experiences as it goes, they do find that there is a variance between the, the barrels. So uh, I, I think that makes sense that just uh, blindly homogenizing them all into one big vat versus uh, more specifically picking the ratios of, yeah, the, of the barrels that you're gonna that get you identify. In the, in the weller, you're going to get some, some green barrels, as they call them. It's juice, green barrels. Right. I'm giving you some little bourbon terms here. <laughs> what uh, does green barrel mean? That would be that just mean? one that just didn't, you know, just like a like a young cigar, like a it didn't it didn't uh, mature right. You're gonna get like some of those. It's an 82 now, but it'll be a 96 in three months. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. You don't analogy. want those tossed into the mix. That's gonna make a difference in the overall outcome. That's fair. No, no, it's a great point, and it also it also kind of bears um, some noting that. Uh, one of the things that I read that really differentiates Pappy Van Winkle is that um, for the actual Pappy, as you said, you've got the old Van uh, Winkle, um, but the actual Pappy branded one, the youngest one I read is a 15 year. Is that how you understand it as well? Yeah, the actual Pappies, you got the 15, 20, and the 23. And then there's right. some offshoots too. But this, these ones, uh, you have the old Rip Van Winkle is like the lowest end. And then you've got Lot B is the twelve year, which and Lot B for those that don't know is exactly how basically Jordan came up with the name of uh, of, of the West Coast Dojo Studio. That's, right. That's why we are called Lot B. That's a it's a little, a little Dojo tidbit. trivia. Thing. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll inside baseball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but what I find interesting. Uh, and I love the term, and I'm drawing a blank on it. What do you guys always refer to the term uh, with bourbon when it has an oh, an age statement? Um, what's interesting to me is that the Weller doesn't have an age statement. Can, would you say, Jordan, that you think that the reason they don't do that is because they want to be able to use some 10-year, some 8-year, and some various barrels, and so they don't want to commit to that specific age statement? Right. That, that, is, that is the reason. Right? There's a tons of bourbons that went away from that with the bourbon boom that went on, and, uh, and now you're starting to see some guys come, come back. back. Um, Knob Creek. They, they brought it back, and everyone it's gotten, given some hope, like maybe – Maybe we're making it on the out and the tail end of this thing, uh, but but Weller, you know, uh, their twelve year is the one that that's like the top end Weller that it's got an age statement. Yeah, so. and ironically, the twelve year, uh, if you follow a lot of these, you know, bourbon guys, they will they sort of poo poo the twelve year and prefer the uh, Weller one hundred and seven over that twelve year, um, and. I've seen blind uh, tastes of them, and the 107 almost always wins. Is that right? Yeah. I almost bought the 107 tonight, but according to you guys, I wasn't looking at retail prices. Yeah, I, I, found, <laughs> I found a little liquor store, and, and even when I researched this, I literally saw a website st state that this bottle that I have in front of me um, can retail as low as $20. 
Uh, you guys indicated that it's more like a $30 expectation for you. I unfortunately paid $69 for it. Um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But it's good. That's that's still super really good, good. I almost gra- I almost grabbed the 107. It was 150, which um, is I mean, I mean every once in a while I I, I might be able to justify a, an expense like that. Uh, tonight wasn't one of those nights. Um, but, uh, 150 steep. Now, Randy, you could you could Randy, you could have got the Weller a single barrel, but how much was it? That would be seven hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I asked it, 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 I was telling I was telling you guys it, it had a creamsicle orange colored uh, label, which uh, seemed almost out of place. And and it was a beautiful you know you know to the ceiling rack of of spirits behind the register in this uh, little liquor store I was in, and it really stood out. And I was like, oh, what's that? And they're like, oh yeah, that one's seven ninety nine. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, no, keep going down to the other side of the of the row there. What do those cost? Um, but. Uh, <laughs> But but I think that's interesting, you know, you know that, that you say that you can identify that it was the whiskey boom that caused the um, departure from the age statement, and it makes a lot of sense. I, I do have friends that uh, own and work at distilleries here locally, and it's one of those things that a new distillery is always going to start off with uh, gin and maybe, maybe some flavored vodkas. And they rarely have a whiskey coming right out of the out of the chute. Because at, you've got to put at least three to five years yeah, into barreling. <clears throat> right. No, yeah. They, they would have had to have juice in barrels years before their opening for them to actually have a whiskey line uh, or, or a single whiskey uh, uh, offering yeah. available day one. We went to um, High West back in the day when they were just – they were still building their new distillery – and we were picking out a, bur- uh, a, a single barrel that we were going to do for a dojo project that just never worked out. Um, but High West has always gotten their stuff elsewhere. But they they were starting to do their own, you know, their own whiskeys, and they were they were going over how first it's going to be vodka. We're going to do it this way. I don't think they still. I don't think they make. They've had a, a real bourbon yet. I don't think so. No. But yeah, they they start out with the clear stuff, and then. Eventually, I think we'll that, that actual they, high west. They do have bourbon. one that's like half and half theirs and half. What's right. that called? I can't think of the name. The of it. No, no, it's got the like the elephant on it, and it's called like uh, Con- Elephant Man, Confucius, or I don't know what it's. I forget what it's called, but it's like half their own and half half of mm. the uh, juice that they buy or whatever. Right, right. So, uh, so, Chad uh, was wondering, what do they do with the green barrels? They dump them. Do they dump it or do they continue to age? They dump it into, I mean, for the most part, it's going to turn into, you know, they're going to dump it in with the weller. And then, they, you know, there's some barrels that are going to make it past that, that, that you know, they're going to keep aging and the guys are going to keep tasting them. It's never going to turn into pappies until it's good. If it doesn't, right. if, it, if it's not ever good, they're just going to dump it. Yeah, I would, I would imagine that it, unless it had some sort of, like, uh, identifiable problem, none of them are getting dumped down the drain. No, uh, I, mean, d- just, I mean, dump into dump weller. Down. Right, right, but he's he asks if if they dump it. I, I would say no. That's that's why you have lower uh, quality uh, whiskeys that come out. And to your point, I, I didn't mention that at first. It is the Buffalo Trace Distillery that makes both Pappies as well as Weller. Um, and and it was you, you mentioned you know the the purchasing of whiskey. I, I learned a bit about that. I toured the um, Sagamore Spirit. Uh, distillery in Baltimore when I was out there. They make uh, the Sagamore Spirit Rye, and they opened, and all they make is rye. They have like 
five different rides in the uh, they have a couple different mash bills but uh some of the big variances is they do some some fun different barrels they do uh port barrels and wine barrels uh, as as, uh, as one of the aging components but um but so many uh, it's hard to even imagine how many uh private label kind of models that there are around the country that we identify as all these different brands when there's really just a, a couple of major like massive uh producers of this stuff that just sell it basically as a private label you slap your label on it and uh and call it your own brand um so it is it kind of interesting. The cigar industry a lot too sure Sure. No, exactly. We see, we see it a lot in cigars, um, more so I'd say than any other industry I had ever been close to, but it's clear that uh, the spirit industry runs that way as well, that there's a lot of just like brand owners that buy bulk spirits. Um, it's one of the things, uh, that we see now with, uh, seltzers even that like for the brewery that I work for, uh, you know, we specifically state that we do a natural fermentation to, um, and it's a, it's a, you know, ferment, fermented grain based, uh, product that we make th at, at our brewery because some of these seltzers that are coming out now are them just buying a neutral spirit and watering it down, carbonating it and calling it a seltzer, um, which um, obviously gives, gives you a much more homogenized and less complex uh, flavor. And I know I'm sitting here arguing the complex flavors of a seltzer, <laughs> but <laughs> nobody's ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, somewhat, uh, uh, that was the best aged white claw I ever had. <laughs> now, well, uh, you know, oh, sorry, go on. Go on. No, well, well, I was going to say it's, it's funny you mentioned that 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 is the new thing now is uh, the high ABV seltzers is uh, is something that's now on the move. I know Pabst I think was one of the first big ones come out with a seven and a half percent seltzer. Um, which, which is kind of ironic because we, we identify why those things got popularized is by their because of their caloric uh, yeah, low ABV and low calories. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, like so how how now we're you know creating this whole new path of interest and in, 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 uh, and demographic of people that might be interested in a high ABV one. So I'm I'm sure it's only a matter of time before a barrel aged seltzer uh, becomes available on the market. <laughs> now, Jordan, Jordan, before we get off this topic just for a second, why don't you? Uh, talk just a little bit about the William LaRue Weller on in the antique collection because that is sort of like we, we talked we've talked about the spectrum of these bourbons, but that one is the antique collection on the is, other spectrum. It's not like a hidden gem anymore, but it was like when everyone was freaking out about Pappy Van Winkle, you should have been looking over at the antique collection because you could still get it and it's like the best I mean, consistently wins like whiskey of the year from Whiskey Bible like every single year. Uh, but the, but the, so the actual highest that Weller goes is the William LaRue Weller in the antique collection, which is a barrel-proof version of the same recipe. Usually, you know, it depends. Every year it's going to be different, but it's gone up to like 142 proof, um, which that is like if you want to try Pappy Van Winkle barrel-aged, that's how you do it. And in my opinion, that's... Barrel-proof. Sorry, barrel-proof. That is, that's the best oh, bourbon I've ever had. So you got like that's, that'd be more like uh, yeah, most guys are probably familiar with George T. Stag, like not Junior, like the actual George T. Stag. William Leroux Weller is basically adjacent to that as the weeded recipe. Oh wow! And forty-two proof, you said it, it gets up there. It yeah. can be. Yeah, it's been down like in the one twenties too. So, but. so in, Jordan, in the antique collection, you have the Eagle Rare antique collection. 
You have William Lou Rueller, you have George T. Stagg, you have the Thomas Handy, which is a rye, and you have the Cesarac, which right. is a rye. So those five, and those those ones, like Jordan said, they used to get overlooked, and so like sometimes we could get several bottles of those a year. Or you could just get them on the shelf. One time, yeah. me and Jordan just found Handy just sitting on the shelf in a liquor store, just sitting there. And those nowadays, now you can't do that anymore. But those those are like sort of like Buffalo Traces. You know, this is this is our this is our opus. Like this is our top huh. you know, kind of dog stuff. You know, really good. If you're a fan of barrel proof stuff, which I am, that's that's where you really want to be looking. That's the best <clears throat> best whiskeys I've ever had. And, barrel, and barrel proof is tough. It's 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 one of those things where it's like because okay, so I'm drinking the barrel proof Elijah Craig now. I went from the regular to the barrel proof, and it is intense. It's 131 proof, so 65.5 percent <clears throat> ABV. It is is there's a lot of flavor, but so Jordan, when you're drinking them, do, do you cut them with water at all, or you just drink it straight? I don't usually. I mean. As I've gotten older, I've every once in a while, I, I'll never cut it with ice. I, the colder, the colder whiskey gets people, water. the less flavor there is. Don't, the, I mean, like just like it's just like beer. <laughs> right. That's yeah. True. Yeah. That yeah, is yeah true. Absolutely true. Right. Totally. Yeah. But I will I'll sometimes drop a couple, little bit of water in there. But I just like to just like let my own saliva be the the thinner, and just yeah, and and you know you just take the littlest sip and you can just swirl that around and make it last. You can make a, a little shot last all night. Yeah, that's that's the trick though is is the is tiny little sips. Right. I mean, with and, the with the and using of- Jordan's saliva S- as the cutting agent. <laughs> By the way, Jordan sells that in little vials. So <laughs> I was gonna ask. if you're interested, sorry, uh, we've got those you for to get sale. so harsh with you guys. <laughs> It'd be uncomfortable. I, I don't know about you guys. So. <laughs> well, well, you but know, I just I want know- raw. I just want that raw American bourbon. Well, I, w- I was gonna ask, like flavor-wise, how do you differentiate? Like, like, what is it about the the barrel proof that appeals to you so much? Is it just the bite? I like the I like the viscosity. The, it was, it was, it's just like you took bourbon and put it on the stove and like boiled it down into like a syrup. I also th- I feel like this, like, I, and I agree with Jordan on this topic. Is these guys spent years and years and years uh, distilling this to this level? Why do I want to reverse that process by cutting it? I want to taste, I, I like to call it, a, you know, like the nectar of the barrel. I want to, when I, because I don't drink, you can't drink that that often, right? Because it's so yeah. hard to get and it's expensive and whatnot. So when I do it, I want to get, I want to let, you know, my my mouth do all the work and just take <laughs> the smallest bit and let it just soak in and do its thing. Let it simmer. Because... I feel like I'm reversing some of the effort if I put water in there, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. I know, I know there's I like, urban experts I like that, that would texture. say I'm wrong, but I like, I like, I go in for it and just tasting what it would really be like right out of that barrel. Yeah. Just chewing on the, chewing on the, the staves. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a, it's a concentrated, you know, version of it, basically. Exactly. Um, so, so I know you guys had touched on this. You guys recently had a a bourbon uh, show on Smoke Night Live, and and I did watch it. But uh, it, what would you guys say? Because I, I do think it's interesting that you can, uh, in retrospect, say here was what was once a hidden gem that was this special thing that only the people in the know 
you know, new to even gravitate towards it. Now the secret's out. Uh, is there anything you guys are aware of currently that that's a million out there dollar question? Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, like, one, one of them is uh, one of them is uh, McKenna. Uh, that was like an, an easy to buy bourbon. No, I think he's saying like ones that still are. Right, still are. Right. That 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 one. The oh, like right now, yeah, which, mm. which ones haven't yeah. blown up yet? They, are, I yeah, mean, well. that's a toughie because I think they've they're all they almost impossible. Yeah, they've pretty much all been discovered. Still, Old Forester is kind of like. Eh, it's kind of blown up a little bit, but like it's still one of those ones that I go to, especially because it's so cheap. Like Old Forester 100 is just dirt cheap. You can get a uh, 29 bucks. Yeah, you can, right, exactly. You get a bottle of 29 bucks, and it's it's and, fantastic. And even on the higher end, still, even though it's hard to get, like when when all your liquor stores are getting, you know, at this time of year, everyone's getting everything in. Uh, Old Forester's birthday bourbon. That's the highest. Of uh, Old Forester, it's still like you know the the consolation prize that like back in the day I would just pass on like eh, I was looking for puppies, but nowadays, I mean that's a that's a great find and it's you can you can still you can get it for like a hundred bucks. I mean it's a little higher than MSRP, but like they don't usually uh, overcharge you too much on on the birthday bourbon. Yeah, by the way, this is it. We're right in the time. This is when all the the allocated bourbon is coming out, and there's like you know Elmer <coughs> T Lee, Rock Hill Farms, like those are all all the ones that we would typically have passed on in the day but now you get them and you'd be super excited to to get them which is even eh taylor kind of sad kind of sad in a way yeah. but that's just the, the world we live in you know rock hill farms is really good that uh our, our good friend uh june lou uh brought a bottle of that to uh my christmas party last year which seems like two lifetimes ago yeah. but uh at that christmas party we opened that bottle up and between me and june and Aaron Loomis, uh, both of developing palates fame, and uh, there were a couple other, a couple of men. We put back like seventy-five percent of that bottle that one night. <clears throat> I had no idea what it was. I didn't realize it was uh, it was difficult to find, but it was super, super tasty. I, that's the kind of if I see that Rock Hill Farms on the on the shelf, I'm buying at least one bottle. Depending on how much. What do you guys think about uh, earlier in the conversation? Uh, Craig Lee said, "So is Weller blended whiskey?" And I, Dad, I think you said yes. But I mean, it is like in a way, but I don't, I don't, wouldn't consider it that. Really? Uh, because I, I, like in cigar terms, I would think of like a Nicaraguan puro as not being blended, even though it contains Jalapa tobacco, yeah. Condega tobacco. And Esteli tobacco, it's a puro. Uh, I would think Weller would be more. It's blended from the parts that are all similar. I would think blended bourbons and whiskeys would be like if you put a rye with a bourbon. Oh, now I'm no expert, but I assume. I mean, it, in a sense, it is blended. I assumed that that just meant that they are taking barrels from the warehouse and <coughs> pouring them all together to make a blend, sort of like a red blend in wine. Yeah, you know, nah, you know what? I, I think that there is. Idea. Yeah, no, I, I actually saw a, a, a video on blended bourbon, and there's a little bit more specific um, uh, definition to what a blended bourbon is than than I think what you just described, Eric. And and like to the to the letter of, of definition of English language, you're not wrong, um, but I, but I think they actually have a. Um, a uh, blended whiskey contains a minimum of 51% straight whiskey of one particular grain type, say a, a rye, a malt, a wheat, or a bourbon, 
It includes the grain type in its label description. Um, so yeah, no, I, uh, Jordan is is correct here. It's it's when fifty one percent is one grain, and then forty nine is a hodgepodge of you know uh, choose your own adventure um, it, of uh, a different grain type. So doesn't that make it. almost every bourbon? Uh, Everything would be a blended whiskey if you went by the the strict the strict definition of blending. Uh, no, no. Uh, Randy's talking about like after yeah. it's become the spirit. Right, right. So you've uh, you've finished a rye, right? And you take and you take fifty one percent of that right. rye, and then you you pull out of your bourbon selection and you blend a bourbon and a rye together. That's a blended whiskey, like, a, like the boo yeah. rye from High West. That's okay. a, that's a blend. All right, I, yeah. I I I I stand corrected. Yeah. So by definition, since since Weller is all weeded bourbon. From the same mash blend- bill. Right, right. It's blended from several different uh, barrels, possibly even different uh, warehouses and different vintages and different aging uh, times. It's all weeded bourbon. Therefore, it is a straight weeded bourbon. Can you guys hear me? Yes. We can hear no. you. You're frozen, but... I'm not moving. You're moving. Oh, there you are. Hey. Hey-o. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you can have... You can have... It's the same thing with, with scotch, too. I mean, you can have a, a single malt scotch that's it's still a blend of 20 different barrels um but that's that's the difference when you start talking about single barrel um and you can even have a single well i think technically you can even have a single barrel that is for more than one barrel um if it's it's all just one barrel if if it's barrel proof it can be for more than one barrel if it's single barrel then it's single select I like how you just so like had that. Did you have that page like queued up, Randy? <clears throat> Looked like you were just like no, I'm instantly like reading from a, a textbook or something. Uh, it's, he, he, Google you machine. Watch the nominal. <laughs> you know when you watch uh, when you watch Iron Man and he's got all the screens. <laughs> that's that's how Randy's got the setup in there. He just yeah. you don't see he's he's just moving his hands under the table and stuff's moving. <laughs> yeah, on. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I have three screens at all times. I don't know if people know that. I, I have my, my little base of headquarters it's, now. It's in the cocoon of information. <laughs> you will. I like uh, that. So let's uh, let's get back and talk about this pairing a little bit. Um, thank sure. you guys for taking us down the uh, the whiskey rabbit hole. That was a lot of fun. The whiskey uh, trail. I could talk about. I don't I don't know the whiskey trail. Indeed, I'd love to do that someday. Um, I I don't know as much about whiskey and bourbon as I'd like to. I think my Scotch knowledge is a little bit deeper. Um, and I think it's just for me, scotch is easier to taste, and my palate is just better to tell the different regions and and what I like and what I don't like. I can't look at a a bottle of of whiskey or bourbon and know if it's going to be something that I enjoy based on what the bottle tells me. Uh, with scotch, for the most part, I can do that. Uh, I feel like I can do that with cigars too, but with whiskey, for some reason, I just I just can't. And barrel proof for me, while there is an awful lot more flavor. I think uh, you guys pointed out this is my problem. I try to drink barrel proof the same way I drink regular whiskey, and that's it hurts sometimes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it burns, it burns. Um, so it, maybe I just need to take smaller sips and and enjoy it a little bit better. But uh, this bottle of of Elijah Craig barrel proof that I'm working on here, we've had this in the house for probably three years maybe longer. So it's, I mean, we are kind of working our way through it pretty slow, but something like this 
which is the regular uh, Elijah Craig, which is 94 proof compared to 131 proof. Uh, you can go through that 94 proof pretty quick, I mean, especially if you're making cocktails with it and stuff. So, um, but that's what that's the kind of stuff that I like to have around. I mean, we we mentioned four or five different whiskeys that are 30 bucks and under, and they're all really good. So sometimes it's hard for me to justify spending a hundred dollars on something. You know what I mean? Like, that's I, the cool thing about have... that's the cool thing about bourbon. Uh, Robbie is like bourbon. Uh, MSRP is always. I mean, nowadays, right? Things have gotten crazy, right, with the bourbon boom and everything, but. Like rare bourbon is uh, is is usually if you can get it MSRP, it's still super affordable. Unlike Scotch, where like you'll go into like a liquor store, and like a Scotch might be twelve hundred dollars or something. Like you can buy, you know, if you get lucky and you can buy Pappy Van Winkle, it's still cheap. It's like one hundred and twenty bucks, which is bizarre. Like it's only the secondary market that gets those crazy prices. Unlike Scotch, it seems to be. Yeah, Scotch will run into, you know, 25, 30 year age, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and there's, and they, it just seems like the Scotch uh, tradition and the Scotch around so much longer. So there's a lot more of that older stuff. Like, I don't feel like you see as many um, boutique Scotch brands or craft Scotch brands pop up the way you see. Uh, whiskey and bourbon brands you know what i mean that's true they're, they all just seem to be they all seem to be a bit more i'm not saying they're better i'm just saying they're a bit more established so there's going to be more uh high-end options i guess right i don't know i don't well, know if you, that makes sense. i think they get their their i think if you take the highest end scotch and compare it against the highest end bourbon scotch is going to have a good chance um but i think that they become the, such crazy prices because they are aging it in, they have to age it in used barrels. They're aging it in bourbon barrels. And to get as much flavor out of that barrel, they have to age it for 25, 30 years. Oh, and yeah. their climate is, is not as intense as Kentucky. So that adds to it as well. Kentucky, you're, it's a new charred oak barrel. You age it for eight years. The, the climate is super uh, humid and, and contrasting cold and heat pulling mm -hmm. intensely from the barrel. You get eight years, you're good to go. Because of that, you get 40 bucks. It's a great bottle of bourbon. That's just my yeah, take. that makes sense. No, that's, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Um, but it's always fun to kind of splurge on one of those, those sure. big bottles. Right, like right. If I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to keep my eye out for the Old Forester uh, birthday. Uh, which yeah. If I, if I see a bottle of that, that'll uh, be something that I'll gravitate towards. But like you were saying, like that uh, Rock Hill, is that the one that I was talking about? That, that was really, really good. And what were the other ones you mentioned? You mentioned Rock Hill and one other one. Yeah, Elmer T. Lee is another one that. Yeah, uh, Elmer T. Lee is good stuff too. Mm -hmm. That's still that's that's about a hundred bucks a bottle. Okay, I I, I know, and you're right. We do need to get back to the pairing, especially yeah. since we're going to nub these out pretty quick. But but I but I do have uh I do have just a couple quick little follow ups because it's something that I follow pretty closely. Working in the alcohol industry, you know, we we look a lot at um at where alcohol consumption. Uh, goes as we look as a brewery uh, the size of 21st Amendment, we look to now venture into other beverage opportunities, um, whether it be um, spirits or uh, you know and, and RTDs, ready to drink cocktails, heavily on the rise. You know that you can buy a, a gin and tonic in a can, carbonated, ready to go. Um, and 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 the reason that you see breweries getting into that is because um, you know new 
alcohol drinkers are gearing more and more towards spirits again. And it's kind of a, a secular thing where beer will, will be, you know, over the last, say, five to eight years, craft beer was actually kind of stealing some share from wine and from spirits and now it's shifting back to spirits again. Um, and so I, I was wondering from the guys, from Jordan and Eric, who, who spend so much time, uh, you know, learning about this drinking. stuff and see, seeking. <laughs> yeah, 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 they spend so much more time drinking than I do, apparently. Um, that, uh, that, I, that I wonder, though, as everything that we've talked about are big national, you know, uh, accessible brands, obviously, you know, limited availability um, keeps their quantities limited. But you can find these in every state in the country. Um and I was wondering, have you guys done much uh, uh, kind of hunting around for local uh, craft distillers? And is there a, a future that you could envision where, like craft beer, um, the little local brew pub really started, you know, stealing a lot of the uh, the overall market share uh, to the big national brands? Is there a future that you can envision where? Um, we we all start gravitating away from the old foresters and 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 wellers of and uh, <laughs> buffalo traces of the world and into like my little local distillery uh, provides actually the the best one that I like. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> here's here's in a word. No. <laughs> here's the thing. Like you want that, right? Like everybody wants that, and they they go to to the liquor store and they and they see the local, you know, the the Colorado. Bourbons and whiskeys. I mean, we have like Stranahan's here, which we're one of the better like boutique. We have Stranahan's, Breckenridge, two sixty two Laws. We have all these, right? Um, but I just don't think any of them are very good. Like I want to like them, but it, well, okay. You have like coffee is super, super, super local. It has to, because I think a lot of this has to do with freshness. It has sure. the fresher the better with the the the, the roast. Same with beer, that and was then the point beer, and then beer is the next step. You know, the, the IPAs you want them to be super fresh, uh, and then bourbon is not in that camp at all. Like you're relying yeah. on hundreds of years of experience, and and for totally them to be able to pick that. a barrel out in, that has you know these crazy amounts of age, they've got to have hundreds of years of experience. That's that's all there is to it. Now, Randy's saying, do you envision it in the future to not be that way? And you just you said no instantly. Do, do, don't you think, though, that there could be a time when they or no? I mean, uh, theoretically, I can't I can't see him. J- Jordan, I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to drop a specific year in song. <laughs> in the year 3000 yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know what about what about you randy have you had local uh whiskeys or bourbons that you thought were pretty good uh bourbons and whiskeys no uh we, we do have um, uh saint george spirits here in the bay area that that uh, built a significant name for itself as it developed the hangar one vodka yeah. Which is which they actually sold that off to uh, Prospero, which is one of the big conglomerates. And so now Hangar One is everywhere. But at one point, Hangar One vodka was like this local thing, and they've got some really nice gins. Um, I used to work with Anchor uh, Brewery, and you know they used to you know, take us a couple times a year to their distillery, and they did a number seven gin that they use some um, some unique. Um, uh, botanicals and botanical blends that uh, really made it stand out. 
Um, hell, uh, a good friend of mine has a brewery called Heretic. They, they have a distillery that they do some really, really um, exciting gins. And, uh, and they got some flavor vodka. It's not really my thing, but but it's it's been pretty popular. Um, but when it comes to the bourbons and, and the, the whole whiskey category altogether, no, not at all. Um, so that, that's kind of why I was asking is, is I wonder, will that continue to, to, to grow as a segment? And I'm sure that, you know, people like supporting local. So uh, there, there'll always be a place for it. But it, but I think what Jordan said makes a lot of sense that, you know, when you talk about the, the Buffalo traces of the world, you're talking about generations and generations of probably fine tuning those recipes uh, grow, um, you know, a big part. You know, we've talked about a lot with cigars, especially in, in this season, as we've talked about the different uh, regions that, that these tobaccos come from, is, you know, you end up developing these relationships with farmers, with specific farms. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, the same way that hops work, where, um, you know, there was a time where all the big breweries took and contracted all the best hops and, and small breweries Ooh. just didn't have an opportunity to even get their hands on certain ones until uh, the, the uh, uh, crop production you know, grew to a point where uh, it exceeded the large um, manufacturers' uh, buying needs. Um, I, I would imagine that Buffalo Trace has the lock on some of the best corn in the country. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, there's a there's a good chance that uh, that the smaller guys just don't have access necessarily to the highest quality agricultural like base ingredients uh, could also be part of uh, yeah. in addition to the the generation. I think you're I think you're onto something there. And then also they just have the perfect climate. You know, like you don't see tobacco good tobacco being grown. It's only in this in little teeny circle <laughs> of the hemisphere, uh, you know, right. like you, you just. It's the same with wine. I mean, wine, wine's the same thing. Sorry, Jordan, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah. Go. But, I mean, like you I could even. You did. I totally did. You, I, I deserved it. I deserved that. 100%. You deserved it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's the hat. It's the Stussy hat that uh, makes me feel like. I, I, I think I used to have that hat when I was in high school. You actually. should see the inside uh, of that hat. Oh, God. I, no, I can see the outside you of it. Smell I know it. what the inside must look like. I, no, it probably smells like peanut butter. Old hats smell like peanut butter. Um, maybe that's maybe I'm sweating weird stuff. I don't know. But you could even, Randy, you could really even argue that the whole idea of craft and local started with a brewery. Like started with the concept of the brewery way, way back in the day with the monks and all that nonsense. It's it, it, the the product is so local, and you want to drink your local beer because it's fresh and it tastes it tastes the best when it's fresh. I mean, yeah, we we went through as as a country we went through a uh, an imported beer phase when we didn't really know any better. But I mean, beer that's made locally. There's a reason that when you're in Ireland, the Guinness tastes better. It just tastes better when you, when it's there, when it's fresh, when it's new, and it's you can say the same thing about your local brewery. Is always gonna, well, I shouldn't say always. Uh, depends on the quality of the brewer, of course. But the the local brewery is that just that concept is just doesn't live in the same place as yeah. a distillery does. I mean, yeah. for all the reasons that we've already said. But I mean, like when when your brewery or my brewery, we make an IPA. It's it's got a finite lifespan. It's not something that you want to have on the market ten weeks after you released it, or four weeks after you released it. Really, uh, I mean nowadays with the the, the way that uh, customers are so um, 
uh, sophisticated and their palates are so sophisticated these days. They can tell you, you'll get messages, hey, this beer is is on its right. last legs. Right. We, we actually get customers that say stuff like that, which is ridiculous to think of. But it's also kind of amazing. I mean, we've, we've built this, um, this customer base that is so reliant on flavor and has such a specific and elevated palate that they, they really understand their product. Um, and that's just never, that would, I, I can't see local distilleries ever replacing that. Now, there's going to be the ones like, like Hangar One is a good example, where, but they make vodka. So it's a little bit different, right? And they make the vodka with the fog juice in it or whatever it is. And they did a rosé vodka, which is actually pretty tasty. Um, of but, course. Yeah, vodka is like the IPA of whiskey. <laughs> like, I, think that, I think that one thing that I think all of, all four, really of, all sense, four of us could agree on is the, the, the worst possible whiskey comes from Wyoming. Of course. <laughs> I, I think I, I didn't even bother mentioning it because I thought that was just I mean, uh, like, universally accepted. It's just, a, it's just a rest stop in between, you know, Colorado and whatever's above it. What do you guys Montana? think about the cigar Sands pairing? Just we haven't even talked about the cigar. Yeah, we've we've been this has been a uh, a spirits heavy episode, which is kind of fun. This is, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I think I learned I learned a little bit as well. So thank you to uh, Randy and Jordan. Um, and thank you to Eric for not yelling at us for getting sand in the cooler. Uh, that was that, that that was such an image. And like to me, that's that's you were one of those guys. If you're yelling about sand in the cooler, that was happening in the background while Jaws was eating somebody out in the yes. ocean. Like <laughs> totally. was the ocean. there was there was that guy yelling about sand in the cooler, and you're thinking, what a dick. I'm I'm, wor- uh, I'm, I'm worried about the important stuff, Robbie. The important stuff. We got to focus on it. important stuff. We're talking about cigars and whiskey here. This is as important as it gets. Uh, <laughs> this cigar for me, I, I really enjoyed, I, I loved the size, the look of it. Very, very cool. Um, honestly, I would, from a flavor standpoint, it, I would prefer the Toro. That Toro that we smoked, what, five weeks ago. I think that's probably my favorite size in this blend. And I've had, I mean, it comes in several different uh, that one is the one that I uh, have gravitated towards, and maybe just because it's been most readily available. Um, and I think I liked. There's a Lancero of this that I really enjoyed, but the other sizes have been fine. This one I think is just a little bit. It's cool. It's fun. But I, I would, if I had the choice, and I'm going for flavor, I'm, I'm going towards that Toro because it would just. It had just that little extra oomph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was going to say that. Well. Um, if I were just to like blindly blindly give the adjectives and descriptors, um, it would probably sound very similar to what I said five weeks ago when we when we smoked the Toro. It's it's chocolatey, it's earthy, it's got all the same elements, but there is something a little bit light about it. Um, I almost want to say it's brighter. It's 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 not quite as heavy and uh, of a uh, or intense of an example of those different flavors. They're all there. Just a little bit lighter, which uh, I, I think there's definitely a place in my life, in my smoking life for uh, for this cigar, you know, as a, sure. as a quick lunch break, you know, if I don't have time to sit down and really like dig into that big, you know, kind, kind of a richer, uh, heavier version of it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that if I just wrote it all down that, that you would be able to define that difference mm-hmm. uh, all, all that easily. But but I, I agree. There's definitely it's a lighter version it's it's like tabernacle light 
It's like, the, yeah, the volume was turned down from right. 11 to about nine and a half. Still very, very good. Don't misunderstand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's just, Taste. yeah. And it, it does stand up. Jordan, you kind of commented off air that it, this uh, barrel proof might run over it. It does stand up to the barrel proof, um, the the initial pairing of the uh, just the regular Elijah Craig that, ch that checks in at 94 proof uh, was better. Mm -hmm. um, because that's just a thinner, a bit of a thinner flavor out of the whiskey. This is, this barrel proof is, is aggressive, but so, the so cigar, you. it's not running over the cigar. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, so I just wanted to prevent you from going into the, the pairing. Cause I like that Jordan asked like just the cigar by itself. Uh, what, what do you guys think back in Colorado? I think the cigar is phenomenal. It really is amazing. I loved every, I mean, it's a fun size. I mean, now I'm getting to the point where it's maybe not as fun, but man, that first half of it was outstanding um, because of the size in these in typical with this sort of Vitola, like towards the end, it's not as fun. But the, the beginning of it through the halfway mark, I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I, I think it I, I, I prefer that. Cra I don't even know what you call it. That crazy Corona that we had it was way better. Um, I think this thing hit its its peak. So bougie. I know. I, I like, know. Oh, the we we had it. Gonna... I don't know. I oh, smoked that. it. Um, <laughs> this thing hit its peak maybe eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch in, and then just has gone downhill ever since. Totally um, disagree. This it's it's way more more sharp than like the the tabernacle I'm used to, hmm. and I I just don't understand why it deserved its own band. You know, like. <laughs> It it didn't deserve that. It's just the, it it. I, I think that you went, not in, you went into it. Now you went into it thinking it doesn't deserve its own band. So this cigar is going to suck. I'm mad at it. I it, did you have to pay for this cigar? That because because that would really didn't I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. I never do. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on an As it's I on demand. With all the other cigars that he smoked. I, I I'm I'm definitely leaning uh, more towards vacation dad than uh, skinny jeans today. You just uh, you just time. said you, we had you on here and you said it wasn't as good as the Toro. No, it's 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 I don't think it's as good as the Toro. I don't. Right. But uh, I, you but I don't it's, I don't get a sharpness from it. I, I get it. It's still a very good experience. But the Toro for me just expresses the flavors better. Right. Which That's makes all I'm me saying. Actually want, which makes me want to smoke the Goliath. Because you're going to get to that larger ring gauge, mm. which is a 56, right? Is it a 56? You're going to get to a lar that larger ring gauge quicker. Because if you look at the, the taper on those, it's 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 not as uh, it's not as as uh, well. Pronounced. Sure, but we're smoking the David, and you said the Toro was better, and I said the Corona was better. We're on the same page. No, you were you were angry and, and said some emo <laughs> stuff. Jordan was like, "Get off my lawn!" kind of moment there. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, no, it it's just it, I just it is kind of weird. Like I think of how many cigars, how many cigars can you think of that there's no change other than the size, and they get their own band. Like sub band, sure, of course. Sub, you toss uh, a sub, honestly, I, you toss I, a I David sub band on there. I'm on, pa I'm on board. <laughs> But you toss a whole new band on there, like I'm. I'm thinking yeah. it's got to be bring something the, new to the table. The more you talk about it, the less I, the less credit I'm giving your uh, review. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, well sure? if if I can go ahead and bring this back to the pairing. Oh, wait. I, so I have a question. I have a very relevant question. Okay. So I checked into this cigar on the Dojo Verse. Oh, 
issue. Now there is a tabber or there is a uh, there's a a foundation badge, right? There is. So how many cigars do I have to smoke to get that badge? Five. The first level you have to get five. You have to smoke five. Check in right, and smoke. So five. I'm, I'm one fifth of the way there, I think, because it, it oh doesn't take it. Well, it doesn't take into account stuff that I smoked beforehand, right? No, it how does many, not. Hey, hey, hey. Well, well, we talk about thumbs up, Moving thumbs forward. down, Eric. If you could possibly uh, do us a favor and just pull the record, how many cigars has Robbie Raz actually even checked into ever on Dojo Verse? <laughs> I, I don't think you would have. I rejected the entire line of questioning. <laughs> it is irrelevant badgering <laughs> of the witness. <laughs> if we had started Dojo Verse day one with badges, Any, I still, anybody, anybody I still think that. you might only be one fifth of the way towards the foundation. Some, somebody badges. in the audience got that reference. If you got that reference, comment, and I will send you some stickers. Somebody <laughs> had to get that I Kevin Bacon. It was Kevin Bacon who said it. And it was overruled. So now you're going to send yourself stickers. Yeah, no. <laughs> like I'm giving it away at this point. Uh, uh, so let's okay. get into the, uh, the thumbs up, thumbs down segment. Yes. yes. Everybody's on the edge of their seats, Randy. Oh, this one. I, as my video froze. Why don't you no, let Why don't you let me and me and Jordan go first? I was gonna say the same thing. Like we should build to you guys. You guys yeah, are you, the more important thumbs. Yeah. So well, okay. So the least important is Jordan. Jordan, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like oh, we, we all just got put on a totem pole. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I. Here's the thing. Is like this pairing. Is it good? Well, of course. It. Just tell us what you think. Of course, the pairing's good. It's supposed to be good. Uh, but because of that, I'm I'm super honed in to like I'm expecting more, and I I feel like I'm gonna have to give it a thumbs down because I you know like this pairing should be amazing. Like the bourbon and, and cigars is that's the best pairing in the world. Um, but you know especially with like my my uh, Van Winkle ten year, it it's more of like a citrusy like bubble gum type flavors going on, bright flavors going on. This is very dark. Very earthy, uh, and you know I, I expected a little bit more, and I'm just gonna have to go thumbs down. So Jordan goes thumbs down. I'm gonna go thumbs up. I will say that uh, sorry Blanton's haters, but the Blanton's went better with this than the Old Forester. The cigar was fantastic, the pairing was fantastic, everything about it was great. I'm a, a solid thumbs up. All right, boys, now this is where the rubber meets the road. The important part. What about YouTube? Rob, he's a little frozen. Oh no, he's Randy, not frozen. <laughs> I said no. I'm, I'm not going to be the bottom. Randy's going to be the top of the totem pole this week. That's, uh, <laughs> no, that's good. To me, this is uh, it's thumbs up all the way around. It's a fun size. I really like the look of the new band. I know Jordan hates it. Uh, I think it's really really. Oh, I love cool. the look. Uh, it's it may not be my favorite Vitola of this blend is still fantastic. Yeah. And the Elijah Craig, uh, just regular, small batch, whatever you call it, uh, 94 proof, great, great pairing. Um, I had some Blantons yesterday, and Eric, I think that would probably would have been an even better pairing because it does bring out, I think, probably some of the lighter ends of this cigar. Yeah. And this cigar has, is, is lighter, I think, than the, than, you know, than the original blends. Yeah. So I think that that would have paired even better uh, the barrel proof, while the cigar stood up to it, um, didn't really enhance my experience on either side. But I'm still going to go thumbs up on the pairing because uh, the initial pairing worked so well with the, the regular Elijah Craig and this Tabernacle David. 
Randy, how did it go with your uh, aftermarket uh, uh, Weller Reserve? I, 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 I know we talked about the pricing on Weller Reserve beforehand, and that probably bummed you out a little bit. Those guys don't live in reality. In reality, you're paying at least 50 bucks for that bottle. Yeah. I mean, Maybe I paid only in California. I was say, well, I, well, well, I paid fifty percent more than fifty dollars, so uh, I, I still am not sure how to feel. Um, but, uh, but that being said, I, I'm I'm really excited about this. I hadn't uh, done so much uh, investigating into weeded bourbons before. I think that what I had read and what we talked about with weeded bourbons being softer, um, allowing for a little bit more complexity of flavor, actually added to the uh, pairing. I'm giving the pairing a, a thumbs up. Um, and, uh, again, because I kind of refer to it as a tabernacle light, I could totally see where, um, you know, keep in mind, this is a weeded, uh, 90 proof. So it, it, it was, it was softer. It had, it had that, it's, it still had a very like classic characteristic, uh, corn sweetness. Uh, the, the, uh, oak flavor was very pronounced in it and it was, um, it was very, uh, kind of polarizing to the the soft chocolatey earthy character from the cigar. I still got a nice pepper from the cigar and the retro hail. Uh, so I could very easily see where like a bigger, a barrel proof, uh, a stronger flavored, uh, whiskey might not have been as, um, you know, on the same intensity level as the cigar. Um, but, uh, as it turned out almost randomly for me, the, the Weller selection ended up working really, really well with the David, uh, in my opinion. So, um, so I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I'm glad that I still have a whole box of these and a whole bottle of Weller. And, uh, I, I will be revisiting this pairing with frequency over the next couple of weeks. So one thing that I, I want us to do at the end of shows, and I always forget, so this is my fault, but, uh, what are some, uh, other pairings that you think would work well with this particular cigar? And I'll start and give you guys a chance to think about it because I've been thinking about it. I think if this particular cigar with last week's pairing, the Manhattan would have been phenomenal. Mm. Absolutely phenomenal because you get a little bit of that kind of spicy sweetness from, um, from the Manhattan, which would have just elevated the cigar a little bit, I think. Um, or even an old-fashioned mm. would have been nice. Maybe the fruit in there might have been a little bit off-putting, but I don't know. Um, from a beer standpoint, I'm thinking a porter would just be uh, porter and brown ale. I know we always go back to porter and brown ale. Uh, you know the the uh, the cigar city Maduro. We've we've paired that like 19 times. Uh, it's just because that style of beer really does work well um, with uh, with Maduro style cigars. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. it was named that way for a reason. Right. Um, <clears throat> to me, those all those pairings would work really really well. If you wanted to go uh, like a non-alc, I mean, coffee, obviously, we've done already. worked really, really well. Um, but, Randy, do you have any any other additional thoughts to add to that? Well, I'll tell you, I really enjoyed last week's. I, I actually ended up drinking Manhattan's two two nights um, oh. over the last week. Uh, it's a really good cocktail, man. It's it really is. Well, now that you yeah. got the vermouth and you can't let that spoil, right? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the gotta refrigerator. Use. I got to get through it. Um, and uh, I've got plenty of rye on hand. Uh but I, I, I like that you pointed out the, the, the spiciness um, kind of adding more. Like I said, you know, for me, the, the Weller was a little bit of a contrasting uh, characteristic as, as you, you get the full range of flavor with that sweetness um, and that that uh, that dark oaky, that, that charred oak uh, character. Um, I'd like to try this with a rye 
um, and mm-hmm. and just go go all the way, lean really into that uh, that spiciness. And I I might try one of those. I might. You know, I'm I'm in a smoking mood. I had brought uh, a backup. We talked about backups. I I had brought a Lancero of uh, of last week's um, Southern Draw uh, that I was gonna smoke. I might smoke another one of these Davids before the night's done, mm. and uh, and just switch over to a Rye and see how that goes. But maybe you um, toss a little was... review in while you're at it. <laughs> uh, not, not like maybe you just like you know just as you're just you just do a little bit of this action i don't know you know so so, so there, there is big news is we, we we have some uh fun programming o- over the next five weeks as, as we come uh to, to the end of our second season as flavor odyssey and ironically and we would have never planned it like this. And it's only because of the lack of uh, travel that we've been allowed to, to do. But I don't know if you guys did the math, but I, I almost think that season two literally ends with uh, the, the 2020 year. Um, and so I think we will, will start season three in 2021 with a fresh, clean slate, uh, you know, kind of figuratively and, and emotionally as we, we, this time in season three, no, there's no cigars. That's the crazy thing. It's just there's candy uh, gonna, and drinks. I'm gonna speak for uh, for myself and I think uh, everybody on screen that like the like the best thing that came out of 2020 was season two. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no doubt, 100. And once yeah, we'll, we'll flip that calendar and season three is gonna be even better. Oof. Well, what's, we're not even to. done with season two yet, guys. What's next? Yes. I'm just, we call that a tease. Yeah. I have no idea what's next, but I know it's going to be awesome. So, next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not well, next week. Well, well, well let's, 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 do, uh, let, let's do this in proper order. How about uh, Friday night? What's next on Smoke Night Live? So, uh, Friday night, we have Omar uh, De Frias from Fratello on the show, which should be a ton of fun. He's, by the way, Omar is hilarious. So uh, whether you whether you smoke Fratello or not, you got to tune in Friday night because he's a funny cat. Like that dude is hilarious. So it's going to be a fun show on Friday uh, night for sure. Tune in, uh, seven o'clock Mountain Time. Boom. Do it. O- Omar is one of those guys that when we go to uh, the trade shows. He's one of the first people that I look forward to talking to. And I say this a lot, that I have a lot of favorite people in the industry, because this industry is full of a lot of really fun people. And a lot of people that I've, over the last decade, have been able to develop a little bit of a relationship and enjoy spending time with. But Omar, his, he, he gets into, like, he's so passionate about what he does. And passion is such a cliche term in this industry. But he's, he's a lot of fun, and I feel so tiny standing next to him. It's just comical to see him on the screen and me on the screen uh, at the same time. Randy has to stand like 30 feet back to be able to get me in the shot with him. Uh, he's, he's a tall, tall guy. But uh, he, the cigars are really good. He's a ton of fun. I'm looking forward to that episode. I always looking forward to, to uh, talking with him. Um, I've been lucky enough. I think the last two at TPE, I did the interview with him and at uh, IPCPR as well. So it's, he's always super, super fun to chat with. And uh, he just loves what he does. It's just really, really cool. 
Yeah, you know, it's not it's not that common that you meet someone that like has the uh, intellectual ability to work for NASA and still also has the social engagement, and social health to like just be a very approachable, like like regular like, guy. Hang out and have a couple totally. have a couple pops with them and uh, totally. and have a good conversation. So I'm looking forward to that show. And I don't he beats people up. Like, <laughs> literally, we've t- we might have to bring we have to have, to tell, have him tell the story again. I don't know. We've already told him. Hey, but, we, like, we made him so tell cool. it already. He's beating like yeah. punks up in yeah. elevators. It's, it's amazing. You have to go. Sometimes it's got to be done. Yeah, it's yeah. Done. yeah. I mean, come on. Anyways, so, uh, what about next week? Said, yes, next week we are taking a break, uh, a much uh, uh, earned break for the holidays. And so we do wish everybody the most happiest uh, of holiday weeks as we will be taking a break next week. Coming back with the kickoff of the final chapter of season two, where we will be featuring the rapper. Mexican San Andreas, mm, and we will be yeah. kicking that off on December second with none other than the man of above men, the 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 el jefe, the of of all, exclusivamente para el jefe, Rob. It's in it's Whoa. a big deal. I, I was I was say that one more time for me, but I was chuckling at the man above men. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> but it's amazing. I want to be called that someday. Well, well, well I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm really excited because I, I know a lot of people are familiar with Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Steve Saka by name, and his project Sin Compromiso. But the reality is that the story behind Sin Compromiso aligns great with what we do here on Flavor Odyssey of really digging into the agriculture, the, the, the origin story. And, and the flavor possibilities of a single tobacco varietal. And so I am thrilled personally to be able to host Steve Saka to kick off the San Andreas wrapper chapter of season two with the Sin Compromiso. So we will be uh, hosting Steve on December 2nd. We will follow that up with none of other than such a near and dear project to our hearts, the Drew Estate Undercrown. Cigar Dojo collaboration Dogma Maduro uh, as as the second San Andreas rapper. Uh, we will then move directly from that bad boy into another uh, close friend of the family here at Cigar Dojo, uh, none other than the Espinosa Morcielago. And we will be finishing it off with one of the knuckleless dragon, beefy, hitch over the head with flavor, Roma Craft Neanderthals to, uh, to turn the final chapter. We will have uh, a wild card that, that uh, Rob, I'm sure, will go on uh, Monday Live and tell you more about that we'll talk about what we learned this season. Um, ideally, we're all going to come up with the best pairing. You know, that, that was kind of uh, a little bit of, of the effort towards season two is what is the perfect pairing um, of, of all pairings. You know, we, we've talked chapter by chapter as we've gone through the season of what was the best pairing for a specific rapper. We're going to talk about what, what the best pairing, what our favorites uh, uh, were from the entire season. And the big, big news, Rob, this is what I'm really excited about. We, we talked last week a little bit about uh, the, do- the Dojo Secret Santa program, and we thought it would be a fun way to, to finish the year. To by- bypass all of that. And. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're just going to be doing giveaway extravaganza for the entire month 
of December. So please stay tuned as we will be doing giveaways each and every week of the month of December leading into the holidays because we want to share the wealth. We want to send you all the free cigars that Jordan usually hogs and <laughs> and, 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 make, and make this a great holiday uh, season for all of our fans out there and everybody in this community and friends of ours, uh, we appreciate all you guys. And we're going to do our best to, to really spice it up in, in December and do some fun giveaways. So stay tuned for more information on how to uh, engage in, in that and put yourself in position to be considered for some of those fun prizes. Randy, are that you going to send us some like super watermelons to pair with the Cinco Permiso? We should pair like, we should do like the super melons. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, but I kind of heard of that. that sounds familiar. I've heard well, that's of that's Jones. that's the whole theme of Sin Compromiso is he crafted the cigar after the, the Japanese super melons that they make, where they they uh, cut off every every melon until they direct all the nutrients to towards this one melon, creating a hundred dollar. Super melon, <laughs> and that's that's a unicorn a, melon. A unicorn will. melon. I just thought maybe you had g grown some of those, and maybe you were gonna ship them to us, but I guess not. That's fine. Uh, I'll find some some extra special little treats that 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 might be going going out. That'll that'll be um, some handcrafted goods. Is that like when you drill a hole into a melon and pour a bottle of vodka in it? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's is, is, that, is that what we're talking? <laughs> you put a little like a spout on it. And yeah, I've done that. Waterworld. You, 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 you can ask Steve about that. See, see what yeah. see what comes out of that conversation. So with, <laughs> we're going into the and Randy, you are the best hype man in the business. That's uh, that was a, quite a lead into the the wrap up uh, segment of season two. Very very excited. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to smoking the same compromiso again because I've had it two or three times. And I like this isn't a hot take, but this is not my favorite that Steve makes. He makes mm. some really, really good cigars, but this one really hasn't tickled me where I like to be tickled. Oh God! Tickled your fancy? That, Has yeah, your fancy that, your fancy wasn't tickled? It wasn't. It was my my fancy. It was you know just kind of like what's going on. First we're talking <laughs> about first we're talking about melons, and now Robbie's talking about getting tickled. What mm. is going on with this show? <laughs> Easy, just 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 mine's the cooler. There's no sand in it. I don't want to <laughs> picture your fancy. So no, I'm looking forward to this pairing, um, and we'll uh, we'll announce. We, we I guess I won't do a live this coming Monday. Maybe I will just for the hell of it. But um, we'll uh, announce some of the upcoming pairings uh, for se for the final episode or final section of season three. Beg your pardon. Uh, relatively soon to let you guys know. You all know the cigars. We'll get the pairings together for you. Randy, I think we have to mix port in there somewhere. We haven't done a port pairing. And I, it, it, I was remiss to not bring it up during um, uh, during Connecticut Broadleaf, but I think with San Andreas, it would be a nice pairing to mix in I like that. Uh, some, some fortified wine in there. Uh, yeah. and I don't know where we would, where we would go uh, oh, with that. Uh Oh, I, I I got you. I I, I can soapbox on, on grappa, on on fortifying in general, on, on how well, we do I don't, I don't want to drink any grappa. Let's be let's just, let's just be real. You light that stuff on fire. You don't drink it. Uh, but uh, no, I definitely want to. Let's mix some port in so that get that in on your uh, on your radar, everybody. We will have some port uh, in the next section. Indeed. Not sure which which thing it's going to be, but um, yeah, looking forward to that uh, to December. And uh, the next, uh, the next, the final chapter, I guess, of season three or season two. We'll talk about season three as it comes. 
Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in and supporting us throughout uh, this season. Uh, we'll be off next week, so everybody have a great holiday. Hopefully you can spend some time with your family uh, and uh, just uh, try to relax, decompress, and enjoy. Um, until then, the Odyssey will continue. It's December 2nd. December 2nd. December 2nd. We'll be back December 2nd. Everybody have a great couple of weeks, great holiday. Stay safe, stay healthy. Be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. And we will see you as the Odyssey continues. Thank you.